One night in early 2019, Ford executives boarded a plane en route to Detroit. And according to a former Ford executive, they were joined by the CEO and founder of Rivian, an electric car startup, a man named R.J. Scaringe. Ford and Rivian were negotiating a possible partnership to design and manufacture electric vehicles. And so for the next four hours, they were sort of texting and emailing with their team about, you know, terms of what this deal could look like. But Ford wasn't the only company looking to partner with Rivian. So was General Motors, Ford's rival for the last hundred years. Once they landed, what happened? So the Ford plane taxis to this hangar, which it happens to share with GM. And according to two Ford executives on board, they see another corporate plane outside the hangar and two GM-made Cadillac Escalades parked next to it. So they recognize that as a GM plane. And so I think the last thing that RJ wanted to happen was to deplane Ford's corporate jet and be seen by GM executives. Here were Detroit's two biggest automakers, both chasing an investment in the same electric vehicle startup. One would end up with a multi-billion dollar profit, and the other would leave empty-handed. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, November 17th. Coming up on the show, the fight over Rivian. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. In Detroit, the rivalry between Ford and General Motors runs deep. They're very much still sort of fixated on outdoing one another. Our colleague Mike Kalias covers the auto industry. I think it's a rivalry that's, you know, sharpened by proximity. They're 10 miles from each other, their headquarters. You know, the executives see each other in passing at events in town. I mean, it's for decades and decades whether it's muscle cars or trucks or big SUVs or whatever, these companies have been bitter enemies, really. But when it comes to electric vehicles, both Ford and GM were slow off the mark. By 2018, GM was out with its Chevy Bolt, and it was probably further along than just about any other traditional automaker on electrics. But it wasn't all that popular. You know, you really had to want to drive an EV to buy a Chevy Bolt. Ford didn't really have an electric vehicle to speak of in the U.S. at that time. But their approach to electric vehicles was getting shaken up by the success of a relative newcomer, Tesla. We have an amazing product to show you tonight. I think you're going to be blown away. Um, Tesla's sleek sedans were a hit with consumers and also with investors who were dousing it with cash. And Mike says... 
Tesla's success was frustrating for GM and Ford because Tesla wasn't even profitable. And I think it sort of dawned on the industry that, you know, we can't just keep making these small cars that only someone who wanted to drive an electric car to save the planet might buy. You know, why don't we make, like, why don't we follow Tesla's playbook and make something that people think is cool, you know, and would want to buy even if it wasn't electric? And so by 2018, the car companies were very much thinking in those terms. You know, let's think about doing electrics with some of the cars that we know people love. Like Ford's F-150 or GM's Hummer. But making those vehicles electric would take some time. So to catch up with Tesla, according to Mike's reporting, GM and Ford were also interested in teaming up with EV startups. And in 2018, they both saw that potential partner in Rivian. Rivian was founded in 2009 by R.J. Scaringe. Scaringe has a Ph.D. from MIT and a passion for two things, cars and the environment. He grew up in Florida. He says that he was very interested in cars growing up. He used to keep, like, spare car parts in his bedroom. Um, He was always tinkering with things. Do you have any sense of what he's like? He's like this clean-cut kind of... Clark Kent-looking guy who wears, you know, he he favors, like, fleeces, you know, instead of sport jackets or suits that you might see around Detroit. You know, he compares his company to Patagonia at times. We've really focused hard on making sure that the brand is is really the Patagonia of mobility, meaning it's, it's premium, but at the same time, it's very comfortable getting off the beaten path. It's comfortable getting dirty. You know, he's very in tune to sort of the earthy, outdoorsy ethos He's sort of maybe the antithesis of an Elon Musk. He's not out there on Twitter trying to stir things up. As Scaringe got started, that earthy ethos set Rivian on a different path from other EV startups. You know, early on, he wanted to start a car company. He was looking at sports cars and soon pivoted to electric pickup trucks. Why do trucks? You know, trucks and SUVs, especially in the U.S., it's a huge producer of pollution, tailpipe emissions. And if you can go all electric on that, that's going to move the needle in a way that, you know, just a more fuel-efficient gas engine is not going to. The truck and SUV market was appealing for another reason. Trucks and SUVs are where the money's at. For GM and Ford, big pickup trucks and SUVs account for roughly 40% of sales, but for more than 75% of profits. GM and Ford were working on developing their own electric trucks, but they were attracted to Rivian because its truck was further along. And Rivian was interested in a partnership, too, because it wanted to tap Ford and GM's manufacturing know-how. Rivian only had one factory in Illinois, while Ford and GM have factories around the world. Why was finding a partner so important for Rivian? You know, Rivian... They had a lot of expertise. I mean, they'd hired a lot of engineering, manufacturing experts from traditional Detroit companies by then. But I think probably on some level, they felt like, geez, we're going to have to scale up and actually start making like tens of thousands of these things that until now have just been, you know, clay models. We may need some help at some point along the line in that process. Mike and his colleagues pieced together how both GM and Ford wound up chasing Rivian, from interviews with former or current executives at Ford, Rivian, and GM, as well as people close to them. In the fall of 2018, 
An investor in Rivian reached out to executives at Ford and GM to see if either would be interested in partnering with Rivian. One top executive at Ford took the bait. Joe Henricks, he was sort of a jack-of-all-trades at the company. I mean, he had kind of done everything. I think he was the head of global operations at the time, but he came up through manufacturing, you know, had led their China strategy for a long time. He had done a lot of stuff at Ford, and so he was well-known around town. Henricks happened to live close to Rivian's headquarters at the time, in suburban Detroit. And he popped in there one day and uh, met with RJ for a few hours. You know, RJ sort of used a whiteboard to kind of get him up to speed. You know, Joe walked around the design studio, saw a couple prototypes, it was, but it was, it was pretty informal. Ford's top brass was interested in a partnership with Rivian. But there was a problem. Ford wasn't doing well financially. It wasn't in dire straits, but it just, it was missing earnings sort of every other quarter. It was a little bit worried about cash flow. And so the financial folks kind of came back and said, yeah, this isn't a great time to sink hundreds of millions of dollars into a startup company that's years away from producing a vehicle. So Joe returned to RJ and said, look, this isn't going to work right now for these reasons, but let's, let's stay close. But then at the 2018 LA Auto Show, Rivian unveiled a prototype of its electric truck. Please welcome founder and CEO Rivian, R.J. Scaringe. R.J. Scaringe got on stage and rolled out this pickup truck and this SUV. We are so excited to be here to show our products after working on these for years. Being very cool. When everyone, you know, thought, you know, this is a cool design. This company looks like it knows what it's doing, and it kind of stole the show. Scaringe announced that Rivian's truck, the R1T, was aimed at outdoor enthusiasts. The truck would feature things like flashlights and air compressors and offer extras like a three-person tent and a kitchen setup. Really, ultimately, we were focused on enabling people to have those adventures. Take their family, take their kids, take their friends to the mountains, to the ski resort to grandma's house, to the lakeside. And shortly after the L.A. Auto Show, Rivian revealed it had the backing of a big tech company, Amazon. So Amazon led a $700 million investment round into Rivian in early 2019. And then later that year, they announced that they intend to buy 100,000 Rivian electric delivery vans, which is a huge number. For a startup company that hadn't made any vehicles yet, that was a huge endorsement. An endorsement that caught the attention of Ford, as well as its Detroit rival. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever. And you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. Hey, 
after the Amazon deal was announced, Joe Henricks decided to get back in touch with Rivian, and he invited Scouringe to an upscale steakhouse in Detroit. But Scouringe told Henricks it might be too late for Ford because Rivian was close to signing a deal with GM. What would a partnership with Rivian have meant for GM? We've talked to people, you know, who are familiar with what GM's plans were at the time, who've told us they were planning an electric pickup. They were moving ahead on their own. They viewed Rivian as maybe a a bit of a parallel play to see if they could get to market more quickly than just by going alone. And how does Henrik respond? So Joe's very disappointed in this. And Joe is sort of pleading with RJ saying, well, listen, (laughs) you know, something to the effect of, hey, just because you got engaged doesn't mean you need to to marry this person, you know, maybe you'd reconsider it. Was there any indication that Scouringe and Rivian were hesitant about partnering with GM? We have talked to people who were familiar with sort of the tenor of discussions that Rivian was having with GM, and I think there were very good discussions at a high level. And then when it sort of got down to the specifics around what GM wanted out of it, you know, what the expectations would be. RJ and Rivian started getting the sense that maybe it might be, the terms might be a little more onerous than they had expected. And according to our sources, there was a feeling like this might be taking on a little too much. The deal between Rivian and GM wasn't set in stone yet. So Henrix jumped at a chance to talk to Scringe again. It just so happened that both RJ and Joe were going to be in Seattle a week or two after this steak dinner meeting. And so Joe said, if if you don't come to terms with GM by then, let's talk. Maybe you could get a ride back from Seattle on our corporate jet. Rivian continued to negotiate with GM, but no deal materialized. And so when Scouringe was in Seattle, he reconnected with Joe Henricks. RJ takes Joe up on his offer to fly back on Ford's jet. And they board the plane, and there's a you know small number of Ford executives on it as well. RJ and Joe go to the back of a plane where there's this seating area, and Joe tells his team, you know, look, we've got some private discussions. But when they landed, they stumbled into that awkward situation at the corporate hangar that Ford happens to share with GM. There were two Cadillac Escalades parked outside, suggesting that GM executives may be nearby. And so... Joe Henricks has his Lincoln Navigator SUV sort of pulled up as close as he could to the Ford plane. And everyone kind of comes off the plane and RJ sort of scoots down the stairs and ducks into the Navigator. And <laughs> Joe throws the luggage in the back of the, the SUV and they, and they drive away. Scouringe and Henricks rode off unseen and they continued negotiating. By four in the morning the next day, the two had a deal. Ford agreed to invest half a billion dollars in Rivian, and the two companies made plans to collaborate on an electric SUV. Ford had beat GM. And then earlier this year, Rivian started selling its electric trucks to consumers. And a few weeks ago, it went public. There was a lot of excitement about this, and that excitement seemed to really take off even as the stock started trading. It was the biggest IPO of 2021. 
It's not often that you see a $100 billion company born right before your eyes. But that's exactly what happened today with the infant that is Rivian. The electric- Since its IPO, Rivian, which until recently had no revenue, is now one of the most valuable car companies in the world. And that has paid off handsomely for Ford. In total, Ford had invested $1.2 billion in Rivian before the IPO. That investment is now worth around $18 billion. But while Ford's investment in Rivian has been a financial success, the future of their partnership is unclear. They scrapped their plan to develop that electric SUV, and it's unclear whether the project will be revived. The difference between now and three years ago, almost three years ago when this deal was struck, is that Ford, I think, feels a little more sure of itself on its electric vehicle plans. And so I think these companies view each other now more like traditional competitors than, than just this intriguing startup that, you know, they may want a closer look at. And I think that, you know, companies like Rivian, it shows that the car business is completely different than it was. You know, you don't just develop cars, engineer them, build them, and then sell them and hope someone returns a few years later to buy another one. All these companies are trying to figure out not just the electrification piece, but a bunch of digital services and how to make the car better over time by beaming new features down to the car remotely. All that stuff is sort of out of the wheelhouse of traditional car companies, and they need help from other areas. And so you're going to see more deals, strategic investments in companies like Rivian as the traditional car companies try to figure this out. That's all for today, Wednesday, November 17th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode from Ben Foldy. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.